Hey, what's going on, family? Welcome to episode 31 of The Finance, bro. We have real conversations with real people about money. If you've been keeping and following along with the show, then you recognize today's guest. But for those of you who may be new to the show, today's guest is no other than my brother slash business partner, uh, Tellers Pollard, also the author of Mastering Your Ideas. So, uh, Tells, what's good, bro? How you been? I can't complain, man. I can't complain. You know, I've been, I've been watching uh, you put down these podcast episodes week after week and uh you know i'm pretty proud of you brother i mean i feel like uh these conversations are much needed in the space um and you allow people like myself and other powerhouse individuals to kind of share their story and the things they're thinking about and the things that they are thinking to help progress the world forward is really is really uh inspiring so continue brother continue and i'm just happy to be here again to kind of shed some light on, on, on some topics that I'm passionate about. <laughs> I know, you know, we talk about all the time. So, so yes, yeah. sir. Yes, sir. Well, Hey, I haven't even had you back on the show since you released this book. So, Hey, and if y'all haven't the, the description for the, it, it'll be in the description, the uh, link for the book, y'all will definitely be able to get this off of the show. So I definitely guarantee if you're somebody that that's looking to, you know, enhance how you perform, this book is a, is a must for you. But since we haven't had you on here, let's talk about why, why did you create the book and listen, and what do you want people to get out of it? Um, so that's, a, that's a good question. You know, I, I created the book for, for a few reasons. Uh, number one, I looked around at the landscape of, uh, different people who always talk about the things they want to do, always talk about the things they want to create. Uh, but there's just a disconnect of going from idea to manifestation into the real world. Mm. So my goal with the mastering your ideas is to take anyone who, you know, has experience doing and creating visions that they think in their head to the most seasoned veteran that understands the process of, of how to go from idea to mastery mm-hmm. to put that into a framework that they can use to then be able to say, okay, now I have a step-by-step process. So if I want to basically take the idea I have in my head and bring it into reality, I can follow this framework. Mm-hmm. And so that was, that was, that's what gave birth to the idea. Cause uh, my business partner is, is, is a visionary, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a gentleman who could, you know, basically take, you know, a vision, see the long-term effects, um, and then just stay in that area. Right. And then my job in the business partnership is I'm the executor, I'm an operations guy. So I provide the steps that actually get us and take us on that journey. Mm. Uh, and, and so when I, when I seen how that partnership aligned, when you combine the visionary to the, to the executor and the logistician, uh, I wanted to more people to be able to adopt that framework using the skill sets that I was developed by com- combining a visionary and a, an executor all in one. Um, and so the, the book is written from the lens of, hey, you know, I have something I want to create, but I don't know where to start. And so when I, when I break down the steps in there, it really solves that. And the main framework I use is... I call it, you know, developing the action phase plan, but you start by doing the visualization exercise. Mm-hmm. And the goal of that is to turn every single idea you have into a question. And I call it the central question. Cause if you turn it into a question, the question has to be solved. Hmm. So let's say I wanted to open a barbershop, right? Mm-hmm. That's the idea. The question then becomes, what does it take to open that barbershop? Because now mm-hmm. if I turn it into a question, I, I got to solve that question. So when I think of mastering your ideas, I look at it as the identification of every single step it takes to achieve that goal. Mm. And if you can identify every single step it takes to achieve that, then you've, you've basically mastered that idea because now the onus to get it done would be on you because you have all the information you need to be successful. Mm. So the framework I use in the mastering your ideas is that identification of every single step it takes to achieve your goal or your dream or your idea. And if I can teach you how to systematically think of those things and put it all on paper so you can physically see it, then now all you got to do is go out and execute. But that's the problem where I see a lot of people, especially when they want to do something big, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be scrambled and, and jumbled in terms of what they need should be doing first. Mm-hmm. What should they put their focus on? Where should they even start? And so by, by having a framework and mastering your ideas, it essentially solves that and allows the individual to basically identify all the steps it takes to achieve the dream, the goal, the vision, or idea, and then take the practical application steps to get there. But that's huge because one of the things that I see, even with on the, on the personal finance side is people, 
have a hard time figuring out from from start to finish like what the steps are so being able to provide that framework for for them so i i i was blown away when he was creating this so you got I, before we get too much into it i just wanted to explain what was going on this went from you know he was like yo i think i really want to write a book to i think we were on a flight back from somewhere and he already had like half the book created um <laughs> and from somebody who on the outside that's able to sit and like watch you talk about someone who could really bring something to life like this this isn't just something that he regurgitated and, and writ, wrote um based off of something somebody else taught like this is stuff that he lives and he he trains the you know the rest of the group on as well so the it's going to hit even more for you because i think this was written it's almost like it was written directly from his brain i like guess it's, it's kind of crazy to see <laughs> this out here but it's, it's so helpful in these things even though it says the book is for entrepreneurs like i really think that this framework can help you in any area of Absolutely. life like do you agree no, absolutely. It doesn't matter if you want to, you know, get better at your job and you, you know, you, you're trying to, you know, uncover different processes in your job. That's going to make, you know, you function better or, to, or allow you to be looked at as more of a valuable asset. Like anything that you want to do in terms of an idea, that framework in that book breaks that down for you. Um, and, and, and to, to kind of go into that more, like the first six chapters is just about mindset anyway. Mm. Um, cause we gotta have the proper mindset to even understand what it means to have a relentless pursuit, what it means to, you know, take the responsibility for all your decisions and understand the outcome is only a product of the things that you can, that you can control, mm -hmm. how to not look outward to solve problems, how to look inward and have that responsibility Ooh. on yourself and be able to carry that weight. Right. Cause mm -hmm. that's, that's the, one of the biggest things that people struggle with is, especially when they go in the entrepreneur field is carrying that weight to know that all decisions that I make are going to be on me and I can't give that blame or pass that ball to someone else. I have to be the one to solve it. And so developing that mindset takes skill. It takes practice. It takes time yeah. to develop. So I did spend, them a, I spent, I spent a lot of time in upfront just preparing them to even be able to understand the framework that I built for developing the action phase plan to complete their ideas. Um, I started there. Um, and then, and then at the, add on, on the back end of the book, I kind of, I broke down once your idea has been achieved per se, you've identified all the steps that it takes to achieve it. Now, when you're actually working through those steps, you know, how do you do that? What happens if you hit a roadblock? You know, what are some tips that you can use to be able to get your desired outcome at all times? What kind of mindset do you have to have? And so I break all that down in there. And then the last section is the stability section. So once your idea is, is in fruition, how do you stabilize and maintain what's the leadership aspects that has to occur? Mm. What type of systemization do you have to do inside your idea to make sure it lasts forever? Cause we don't want to just get it done. And then it dies in a couple of weeks, a couple of months, a couple of years. We want to build it to the last. And so that last Ooh. chapter really identifies what it takes to, to keep it alive for the, for the long haul. Yeah. If y'all, if y'all are interested in purchasing this book after hearing this, I, I don't know what to tell you, but so one of the things, so now building into this, because this is, you know, an entrepreneurial book. So something that you always speak about is the phases of business. And mm -hmm. I know many yeah. people aren't familiar with the concept of like having different phases of business. A lot of people just see it as like, this is what I do, but like not really understanding that there's like different phases or levels that you reach as you hit certain phase lines within your, your business. So can you explain to the listeners like what you mean when you talk about the phases of business? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. We, we talk about the phases of business often. Um, and I think one of the, the major things with understanding the phases is really it's an awareness piece, mm. right? Cause oftentimes, you know, people get into scenarios where they're working and they're tired of being in the job or you, you see every other, uh, scroll on social media is talking about, you know, entrepreneur this entrepreneur that, you know, and so everybody wants to kind of jump in this arena, mm -hmm. but they don't understand that there's phases and there's levels. You know, so when I talk about the phases of business, um, the reason I want to highlight it here today is because if you're thinking about making that transition, you need to understand the, the process and the roadmap of the different levels. You know, for example, even if you have a nine to five right now, and this, and this might be new information to some of you listening, but if you got a nine to five right now, technically you're in the first phase of business, mm. right? Because at the end of the day, the product you're selling is your time and you're exchanging that time for either hourly pay or a salary. 
mm-hmm. you're in the business because you're in the sales business and you're selling the product of your time. And quiet is kept, right? That's the most safest form of business. Yeah. Right? Because you're a part of someone else's system, right? So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, when you get off of work at five o'clock, you can turn it off. Mm. You're done. And then you bring it back on when you come back. So it's very safe. And so if, if you're okay with being safe and you like to play the, the role of safety, that, for, that first phase of business is okay. And you can actually thrive there. Mm-hmm. Um, but for those of you who want to remove the caps on your earning potential, you know, you, you know what I'm saying? Like you want to, you know, your, your income to be based on how hard you work, mm-hmm. right? Cause the harder you work, the more money you make. If you want to be in that type of scenario, then you go in the next phase of business, which is being self-employed. Mm. Now this is a tricky one, right? <laughs> Cause a, a lot of people are self-employed and they think they operate in a business. Mm. Right. And so the reason I want to really highlight the self-employed piece, because majority of us in America are in a, in a self-employed state mm-hmm. and some of us get trapped there because we don't know that there's different levels. Right. And, but if you understand there's different levels, then you will realize that the, the levels is something that you can plan for. It doesn't have to happen by accident. Mm-hmm. Right. You can actually plan for how to move through the levels and different levels of business. So as a self-employed person, technically you still have a job. Mm-hmm. You just own the work, mm. right? You just own the work, but, but you still have a job because if you didn't get up that morning and get dressed, put your, your left foot in your, in your left shoe and your right foot in your right shoe, no money would be made. Mm. So you're still exchanging your time. You just own the work. So your, in, your income is, is unlimited. Mm-hmm. But if you don't understand that the next phase is actually systemizing that work, then you'll get stuck in that phase of exchanging your time uh, for money, but just at, in a self-employed fashion, which is, mm-hmm. which technically being self-employed is the most difficult phase of business. Mm-hmm. Even though your earning potential is the highest, right? You can never turn it off, right? At, at 10 oh, o'clock at yeah. night, you got to think about it, right? You, you just can't, you, you know what I'm saying? It's something that's constantly on your mind. And then the biggest piece is that all the decision-making, you got to carry the weight of all of it, mm. right? And that's very difficult for some. I've seen some even jump into the self-employed phase and then kind of go back because that weight was too much to carry. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. And so, and, and so, uh, if you understand that there's an, another level to this, right. Because I don't mean that everyone's going to start in the next phase I talk about, I'm gonna talk about that next. You, you don't mm-hmm. start there, but if you know it exists then you can be intentional about planning and getting yourself to the next phase instead of it just kind of happening by accident. Mm-hmm. Right. In, in the highest phase of business, this is when you create, a system mm. and, and your business can operate and function with or without you. Um, there, there's, there's, I think it's called Plato's rule, but there, but it's a, a known concept that 20% of the activities we do produce 80% of the results. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 yeah like 20, yeah, 20% of the, the, everything that we do produces 80% of the results. So the idea of building the last phase as a system is let's just double down on the 20%. Mm-hmm spend all our time on the 20% and then eliminate everything else. Mm. If you eliminate the 80%, when I say eliminate, that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean it doesn't occur. That just means now in the, in the, in the, the highest phase of business, when you operate as a system, you identify the things in your, that you do as self-employed that are repeatable, right? That, that mm-hmm. can be done on automation or that can be outsourced to human capital or hiring an, hiring an, an employee. Mm. Once you identify those things, now you can spend all your time focused on those twenty percent of the of the things that you do that produce the eighty percent of the results. Mm. But here's the thing that I often see when it comes to this is now when we're trying to, you know, focus on the systemization piece, it does require some capital to be spent. But the important thing that I think a lot that hinders a lot of people is they look at that capital spend to systemize their business as an expense. Mm but it's not an expense because anything that you do, that's going to have a return on investment is an investment in self. It's an investment in your business. And that's the things you should be spending your money on because you can quantify the expense by what it will allow you to gain from it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So if I was to go ahead and, 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 and infuse my business with some automation. So say I pay for like a Zapier account. So instead of me sending emails, um, they, they automatically get prompted to go out upon some type of action. 
mm-hmm. and I add that into my business. So if I if if I look at my my system and I'm spending say 20 minutes a day or an hour a day sending emails, I just got that hour back by mm-hmm. adding automation. So even though I spent the money, it allows me now to free myself to go make to go make more and go earn more. Right. So, so able to use that time more effectively. Use the time more effectively. Or or for example, if you hire an assistant and you're doing 30 hours of admin a week, you now just got that 30 hours back. Mm. So we can never be afraid to level ourselves up to the next level because we're afraid to spend the money. We have to be okay with making the investment itself. Mm-hmm. And really the only way you're going to really get ahead, especially in the business world, is to to be okay and confident with making those investments itself, especially when it's going to allow you to double down on the 20% of the things that would produce 80% of the results. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, and so, um, but, but the thing is, if you understand that there's different phases to the business, mm-hmm. You can just plan for it, right? So when you make that first leap into being self-employed, which is where majority of people are, it's like, hey, I work at this salon, you know, but you know what? I probably open my own shop or, you know, I, I you know, I, I'm a salesman. I've been doing really good. I'm killing it. I can open up my own firm and I can be my, I can be my own salesman. You have to start somewhere, right? So it's okay yeah. with starting in a self-employed manner. But if you understand that, wait a minute, I don't have a business till I get to the next phase. Mm-hmm. Now you can start planning. And you can start implementing systems early. So for example, if you, if you do a time audit on yourself as a self-employed person and you, and you say, okay, well, looking at my time audit, I've, I've identified 35 things that are repeatable. Mm. Okay. Now that I've identified those 33 repeatable things, let me figure out how to systemize it, which is either me recording myself, do it right. Creating some type of, you know, document that outlines the process in full. Mm-hmm. And that way, when it's time to hire, you got something to turn over and and to help you get there faster. But mm-hmm. if you don't know, if you don't make it a priority to get yourself to the next level, you can spend all your time in the self-employed manner. And that's the lowest form of business because your time is still being exchanged for money. Mm-hmm. And the truest, the truest tests, you know, this, we, we talk about this all the time. The truest tests to understand if your system is operating efficiently and you have a business mm-hmm. is to walk away from your business for 90 days. Ooh. As the owner, walk away. And if you come back and you come back to financial ruin, you know, <laughs> or if you come back to like no business because it can't run without you, then you, under, then, you know, you got some problems on your hand. Yeah. But if you can take, a, if you can go away from 90 days and come back to a business that's fully operational and you know, you got something good on your hands and you've mm. built the system to where now people operate within, within your system and within your vision and they have a shared vision and, and, and you guys are aligned in that manner. And that does take time to get to, and I'm not saying that it happens overnight, mm-hmm. but, what, but what I do want to make emphasis on is to be aware that there's different levels so you don't get caught in the self-employment trap and you spend all your time there never prioritizing getting out of it through systemization and scaling to the next level. Mm. So first, first question that I would have for you is, so going back to phase one, which is the you know, trading your time for money or you have a nine to five, like you're working for someone else. Mm-hmm. How, how would you coach someone through wanting to earn more money and they're continuously seeking raises within their job, but the job isn't giving them the raise. So they, they're frustrated. Like how does that person overcome where they want to make more money and have more coming in and they're continually seeking for the job to pay them more money? Um, what would you, what would be your advice to that person? Well, well, honestly, um, as a, as a business owner, I would say most business owners aren't afraid to pay their people more money if they deserve it. Mm-hmm. The problem is people want to get rewarded for just doing their job. Mm. Right. So by just by virtue of doing your job and staying on, on the work for a certain amount of time, doesn't automatically equate to more money. Mm-hmm. You have to be someone that's considered valuable and you got to provide value. Which means that number one, if you're in a nine to five position and you want to make more money, you need to figure out how you can affect your employer's bottom line, mm. right? How, how, how can I make effective decisions that will make their life easier? And if you can find ways to, to do that, then, then automatically they're going to want to keep you around because the, the better you're performing, the more freedom the owner is going to get. And if they're going to get more freedom, they gonna, that's something they're going to want to pay for. Mm-hmm. So if you can, if you can figure that out, then you're golden. 
Um, also, you have to commit yourself to personal development and personal growth. Mm. So if you don't know everything it is about your industry, then you're completely wrong. You, you have to commit to being the best at understanding everything it takes to be successful in your line of work. Um, but there should be no one considered better than you. And if somebody is better than you, then you should be working continuously to try to outpace or outmatch their performance. Um, but if you do things like that, uh, then, you know, you essentially can skip the ladder and, and be more of a person that's going to stand out than someone else if you make it a priority. And the last thing is like, you know, closed mouths don't get fed. Mm. Right. You got to be willing yeah. to go ask for the sale. If you yeah. really been, if you really feel like you've been putting in work um, and you've been doing the things that, you know, meet the intent that I just described, then you got to go explain that because maybe they just don't know. Mm-hmm. And so you got to be OK with being able to explain and ask for the sale because you'll be surprised with the results. It's like, well, well shoot, Smith, I, I didn't realize you were doing all these things. Yeah. You know, what? Let, let, let me let me think about it and get back to you. Mm-hmm. Because the last thing as a business owner, they they want to they don't want to lose their good people, mm-hmm. right? But if you're expendable and you go ask that, so so be careful, because because <laughs> if you're expendable, you go and you go pop in there like that, you you may end up losing your job. But that's where it kind of boils back down to to the confidence. If you're confident in your abilities and you know that you've been doing the things I described uh, previously, mm-hmm. then go in and don't be afraid to ask for that sale. And, and a lot of times you'll be you'll be surprised with the results. Hmm. Great answer. So moving on to the next phase, got another question. So someone who's in the self-employed realm, but they're, they want to grow to the, to the true business owner, the next phase, the following phase after being Mm self-employed, how, uh, one of the things that I, that I've seen with some people is that they, they have an issue with relinquishing control. How do you Mm -hmm. overcome that to grow? Because I feel like that's a critical piece to getting to the next level is you have to be okay with someone else being the, the, the call guy, the call girl, um, for it. But I think that's something that I've seen personally just held a lot of people back. So how have you seen that? And if so, like, how would you, how, how do you suggest someone overcomes that? Yeah, that, that's a, that's a, that's a big one. And that's a really, really good question. I, I even struggled with this in the bit in, in, in the beginning when I was trying to, you know, get my footing in the business world. Uh, especially as an executor, it, it's uh, sometimes people like me or entrepreneurs in general, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier if we just do it. Yeah. Right. It's just quicker. Yeah. It's easy. <laughs> right. But you have to one, understand and be dedicated that I cannot systemize if I'm the single point of failure in my business. Mm-hmm. Meaning if I'm the bottleneck, if every single thing has to flow through me, then I cannot scale and I cannot grow. So one, it's a commitment to to that as a fact. And then what really helped me is understanding the 70% solution, right? If I can get the 70% solution, it's better than zero. Mm. So if I do it, it's going to be the 100% solution. But if I get 70%, that's good enough because I'd rather have 70 than zero. Mm-hmm. And as long as you structure your business in a way um, to where it's, it's still functional at a high level, regardless of that 70% solution or not, you'll, you'll be fine. Um, but that was something that I really had to sit with and understand that the reason I'm an entrepreneur or the reason you're an entrepreneur is because you're highly skilled mm-hmm. and you're highly talented. And so to expect someone to equal that is incorrect. Mm-hmm. So you have to be okay with like, there, there may be a let, a, 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 you know, a letdown in term in some form of fashion, mm-hmm. but it won't hinder your business. If you, if you, if you're training it at a high level, um, it, but just understanding that no one's ever going to be with you, be you, but that's okay. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then also as you, as you operate as a self-employed person and you, you're trying to relinquish control, the biggest thing, the most important thing is you got to be, have the ability to inspire mm-hmm. or especially uh, as you start to hire down. Right. And if you're not someone that is providing inspiration or, or that person that someone wants to be like, right. Then, it's just not going to work. You're going to have to go and reclaim your control because you're just not going to get the output that you need. Mm. Um, And so for me, I take every opportunity to flex my most important responsibility as, as the, as the owner of systems Mm -hmm. with employees um, to basically be able to, when they have a problem, when they have an issue, be able to solve it. Mm. Um, and, And the number one, I think probably the number one most important thing about being a successful entrepreneur operating a business through a system where you have employees 
is your ability to problem solve, your ability to turn a bad situation into a good one. Um, and your, 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 your employees, the people under you should feel confident enough that if they bring something to you, that you're going to be able to, that you're going to have the solution to be able to solve it mm. because carrying that weight is very difficult. Um, and you have to be seasoned enough to be able to carry the weight of handling decisions. And, and I think um, your ability to solve problems and your also your ability to, to, to handle that weight, to know that you're the last person with the problem and you can't pass the ball to nobody else. Mm. You know what I'm saying? There is nobody else to pass it to. And in and, and, and the first phase of business, as, as, as someone working in someone else's system, you can pass your problems all day long. Yeah. Hey, hey boss, this is the problem. Here you go. Mm-hmm. Here you go. It's like hot potato. Yeah. Right? That's why I say it's the safest form of business. Um, but when you move to self-employment, right, not only do you have to carry the weight of the problem, but you got to be the one to solve all of them. Mm-hmm. Right? So that weight gets extremely heavy. Now, as a, at operating a business as a system, that's why this is the most optimal, optimal state is although you're the last person that has to carry that weight and the responsibility of that problem, the decisions, the actual implementation of the, of the decisions that's being made, you can then pass down and delegate to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Right. So then you can get back in the fight faster. Yeah. So, so your time is not going to be bogged down trying to also carry the weight of the decision and solve the problem and do the work required to get it done. You know, you know what I'm saying? Ooh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but 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 to answer your original question in terms of the self-employed person that wants to not relinquish control, mm-hmm. well, if you don't relinquish control, then you're going to be continue to be in the lowest form of business, and your ability to scale is going to be significantly hindered because not only do you got to carry the weight of the decision, but you got to do the work required to fix it, right? And you know, if you ever wanted to take all, a day off or stop working or sleeping. No money is being made. So that's constantly going to be weighing on your mental, right? Mm-hmm. And your mental real estate is always going to be occupied in the scarcity mindset, right? And, 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 and we want to get yourself to a point where all you can think about, like I said, is the 20% of the things that produce 80% of the results and stay there mm-hmm. and stay there. And, and as you move through the phases of business, after you, after you master that 20%, your goal is to get rid of that form a new 20% and make that 20% the new piece that you delegate. Mm. Right. And you just keep moving up the ladder like that. And eventually you'll have a full operational system where everything is working and no, and you don't have any issues and you spend majority of your day doing the things that you care about the most. Mm-hmm. And if you are working on the business, it's a report, right? Mm-hmm. It's just a quick report that comes up and the report has indicators that tell you, okay, this is all track. This is on track. This is all track. This is on track. And then you can make your decisions quickly off that and then be done with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. the, 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 the biggest thing with that. Right. And then I didn't say this earlier, but I wanted to, to go, to go back to your original question. Mm-hmm. And you said, you know, that relinquish, relinquishing control. Uh, a lot of people are fearful of that, but they need to understand on the other side of fear, on the other side of that fear or that, mm-hmm. you know, ability to, or inability to relinquish control is freedom. Mm. It's freedom. Ooh, that's a bar. So knowing that freedom is on the other side, then that should make it more advantageous to like, okay, let me work through this and figure yeah. it out. Cause, cause I'm telling you as someone who's gotten to the other side, it's freedom on the other side. Mm. And so that alone should be motivation enough um, to do what's necessary to be okay with, uh, uh, of getting your system to a point where it operates without you. So, Along with all these processes, one of the things that pops out to me is that I don't think these things can just happen. And what I mean by that is I feel like there's a huge educational aspect that goes along with transferring through these phases. Um, Because I don't think a person, I think a lot of people going to not just business, but life in general, thinking that it's just going to happen. I am who I am and it's supposed to work. It without realizing that uh, one thing I always say is like, you have to grow into the person that is worthy of the, you know, the success you tell yourself you desire. And mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people realize that in order to achieve these, these new levels of whatever you're chasing, it's extremely important to work on becoming the type of person that would be, that would be able to operate within that arena. And right. I think a lot of times when we, when we're failing to achieve our goals, 
we find ourselves running into the same issues and we look externally looking for like external problems when really the only reason we're not achieving those goals is because of something internally that we failed to do. So what do you think a person that's trying to transcend, like how do they, how do they prompt themselves to want to learn, especially when they're, they're in that self-employed phase where they already feel overworked, overwhelmed. They already have a ton of decisions to make kind of that, that, that what you described earlier, how mm. does that person prioritize learning to in order to get out of that self-employed stressful phase as quickly as possible because i don't think you can transcend these levels without the educational piece no absolutely um that that's going to be the bedrock of your success um you know we talk about it in our group all the time we have to, you have to be dedicated to continuous education continuously working on yourself and continuous improvement um and that that's something that can never let up that's something that has to always be a top priority. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so oftentimes what will happen is, you know, people will allow themselves to always be the smartest person in the room. Mm. Right. In instead of surrounding themselves with, with people that have more information, that's the circles you should be seeking. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's the only way you're going to going to improve because your, your, your litmus test for whether you're on par under or over is mm -hmm. only going to be based on getting around people that are over. Because if you get this, if you get next to somebody who um, is, is at a higher, you know, level than you are at right now, then now you can you can base your, you know, your your new goal off that or getting to that point. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the biggest thing, you know, thinking about that question is honestly we set our sights too low. Ooh. We set our sights too low because we get too comfortable with the way we make money. Ooh. which, which is, which is a hindrance. If I, if I, if I make money a certain way and I'm used to making money that way, mm -hmm. even as a self-employed person, they can fall into the trap. They fall into the trap as well. They'll get comfortable with how they make money. And when you get comfortable, I feel like comfort, comfort is the enemy of progress. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. You know I what agree. I'm saying? Cause yeah. it, cause it, cause how can you progress if you're comfortable, you have to be uncomfortable. And so when you get comfortable with how you make money, you set small goals. Mm. So it, it, let's say that, you know, I'm like, Hey, I, I'm getting a hundred thousand a year in revenue, for my business. Mm -hmm. Um, the normal person would be like, all right, well, next year I want to get 150,000. Mm -hmm. So all you did was set yourself up is to do the same work you've been doing, but just more of it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You just do more of the same work, but that doesn't necessarily going to equal to the success that you're looking for, you're still going to be in the same boat. You just done mm -hmm. more work to get to 150. So what should occur is, is to remove the limitations on about around what's possible mm -hmm. set big, large, extreme goals. Right? Mm -hmm. So if you're an entrepreneur, the first thing you should be thinking is, okay, how can I get my situation to the most optimal state? Mm -hmm. Right? So let's say you, you know, you, let's say you're, um, you know, you, you, you make cakes and stuff on the side, it's your mm -hmm. side hustle. You make, you bake cakes and you, you're really good at it. You, you can hit the aesthetics really good. You can hit the fondant really good. You're really good at it. Um, and so you start making cakes and naturally, uh, your goal is to get us, you know, to be able to do that full time. Mm -hmm. Um, but what you should be thinking is like, what's the end state? What's the biggest, I can take this, right? Is that a storefront? Is that multiple locations? Is that a staff of 40 people? Is that me doing cakes for, you know, the, the biggest weddings in the world? Like what is the biggest, I can take this. Mm -hmm. Then instead of asking yourself, if I can get it there, it should be, how can I get there? Mm. How can I, how can I get to the biggest that my dream can possibly be? Because when you, when you look at it, like, like the, as the biggest state, then all you have to do now is figure out then what it would take to do that. And mm -hmm. if you focus there now, even if you fall short, it's okay because you're going to be a lot further than saying, well, you know, I just want to do cakes full time. I'm mm -hmm. doing it as a side hustle right now. My goal is to do it full time. Right. That, that's yeah. going to keep, that's going to keep you, that's going to keep you doing more of the same work uh, and that's going to keep you, you know, stagnant. But if you make your goals extremely large and, ex and extremely big and then ask yourself, okay, how can I get there? And then identify the steps that it will actually take then all of a sudden it opens up new opportunities and you, you have to get uncomfortable at that point. Mm. 
mm-hmm. right? You can no longer be comfortable with the way you make money because that isn't going to get you to that big goal. Mm-hmm. But if you don't set that big goal, then you'll continuously operating from a state of comfort. And that's the that's the worst thing you can ever do because that is definitely the enemy of progress. And we need to be progressing at all times. If you if that's something that you want to do, because some people are just okay with where they are and their aspirations are extremely low. And that's nothing wrong yeah. with that. Right. But if you have big goals and big aspirations, you gotta actually set big goals so you can achieve big aspirations. Yeah. So when we when we took that trip to Colorado, that was one of the big things for me is I realized that I went there and one of the things that I always went back and forth with in my head is like, wow, I feel like maybe, maybe I'm thinking a little bit too big. Like maybe it's something like being mm-hmm. there, what it did is it showed me that I wasn't dreaming big enough. Like you remember Marcus, Marcus has 600 properties. I'm like, well, bro, I, yeah. I thought people was doing it like with, you know, 20 or 30. Like that was kind of the, the benchmark that I had seen. I think the most of the time was maybe like 50. And then to see him and he's like, oh yeah, man, life's good. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> there's a whole yeah. other level. Like, whoa, whoa, I'm not pushing myself hard enough, but it was based off of what I had been experienced to. So I think going to back to what you talk about, or like through the book of mastering your ideas and figuring out the whole process is I think through figuring out the process, it, it, it exposed you to what you don't know. Um, exactly. for one. Yeah. um and with that now, it gives you guidance on the proper questions to be, to start asking because I think one of the biggest pieces to all this is just knowing what questions to ask. Yeah, that, that's the that's the that's the biggest thing is, yeah, like you said, knowing what questions to ask, um, because that that's going to allow you to uncover all the correct answers, you know. So that, yeah, that, that's that's huge, that's that's huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now, when it comes to business. Right. And you, and you have, how do you, how do you, how do you balance that, that work life, like family life, especially if you like, you have a family, like, so what is that like with that balance as well? Because all of these things that we're describing, a lot of it can be very time consuming, especially when you're just starting. Like I remember when y'all first started out in the real estate arena and like the hours and the time you were putting in and, you know, on the back end and the stuff that people don't see, like, how, how do you do that? with the, with the family to where you don't feel like you're stagnating or jeopardizing yourself professionally, but also not leaving, you know, your family, um, desiring you to be there as well. Like that's, I feel like that's a delicate balance. And I think for those who people who are listening, who may currently have a family and maybe getting started in business or even someone who doesn't have a family yet, but is in business and still is in these phases, but wants to, you know, have a family one day, like, how do you, what would you tell them as far as like, yo, this is, this is what I would recommend as far as like trying to keep that balance. So you don't let either one go, go to the wayside. Yeah. That's a, that's a good question. And for those of you who don't know, uh, I've been married, you know, I think well, 17 years. Uh, I have a son, he's uh 16. My daughter's about to turn 13 in, in August. Um, and I've been, I've been an entrepreneur. I haven't had a W2 since, you know, 2018. So um, there, there's definitely a balancing act. I will say that having hard um, and fast rules when it comes to allocation of your time is going to be number one. Mm. But in the beginning, right, it's 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 in it's inescapable. You're going to have to sacrifice time in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But this is why I started off in the beginning when I said you have to understand the phases of business, mm-hmm. um, and and you have to prep your family. Like I'm on a journey, and this journey is long. It's not going to happen overnight. But like I said earlier, on the other side of this journey is freedom. Mm -hmm. Right. And if everyone's on the same page and understands that on the other side of this is freedom, then in the beginning, if there's a loss of time there where you have to over like spend over overtime hours or spend extra time working on your business, Mm -hmm. everybody's on the same page because they know this isn't forever. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I, I prepare and I planned for the next phases. And I've laid that out to say, Hey, for example, um, when we were opening up our restaurant, Flavor Hills, I said, Hey, this is a new business venture. I need six months of uninterrupted time. And if you give me that six months of uninterrupted time on the other side is freedom. Mm-hmm. Right. And I will be back to be able to give the time, effort or energy that it takes to, to, you know, to be a committed husband, to be a devoted father. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just need that time. And so as long as you're preparing the battle space, then it's inescapable to think that you actually will really have work life. Like that, that's a, that's a myth. Mm. 
right? It's only a myth until you get on the other side. Because once mm -hmm. you get on the other side where there's freedom and you've built a business system, well, now, okay, you have people that you can delegate to and you have systems that are built that will allow you to have the freedom that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. That takes time. And understanding that that's a journey and prepping your, your loved ones for going on that journey with you, mm -hmm. that's really how you overcome it, overcome it. But it's, in, it's inescapable to think that you can continuously have a work-life balance for the entire time, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so, and it's a misconception. The bigger you get, the less you do, which is a fact. Mm. It's not the bigger you get, the more the more you do. It's the more responsibility you have. Mm -hmm. It's the more weight on your shoulders, but the less you do. And if you understand that, then you just got to commit yourself to going on that journey mm -hmm. and prepare your loved ones for taking that journey with you. Um, and then you will get to the point where your work-life balance is strong. So right now, at the point, at this stage in my life, you know, I have to be in the business all these years. I'm able to go to my daughter's dance rehearsals take her to her dance competitions, take her to her practice, take my son to his, uh, his acting classes and attend his shows and take my wife on dates and take her on trips. Like I have the time to do that now, but I will be lying to you if I said that it was always that way. Mm. I, I had to commit to the process. And as long as you can commit to the process once again, and you prepare your loved ones for that journey, then you'll be fine. That was great. I think that that's going, that's going to hit for a lot of people. Definitely. I'm over here taking notes as well. But, um, you know, I think one of the key aspects that you were kind of highlighting there was communication and like that communication yeah. piece is important on the family side. But jumping back to the business side. Communication, I think, is also extremely important, especially when you talk about business where you have multiple people, people working for you. Um, but I don't think that's the only realm in which communication is important. But throughout your your entrepreneurial journey. What have you learned about communication and how powerful it is when you know how to utilize it correctly or implement it correctly? So in mastering your ideas, I got a whole chapter on clear and concise instructions. Mm. Um, I think communication is the bedrock for all successful entrepreneurs because that's majority of the requirement that you have to do is you have to be able to deliver clear and concise orders and instructions all day long, mm -hmm. whether you're dealing with an employee whether you're dealing with someone in a supporting role or someone who you need to get uh, equipment from or supplies from, like you're communicating all day long. So if you can't uh, be decisive in your communication and articulate your points clearly with confidence, then, you, then you're going to fail all, all, every time. Mm. Um, the people that, that work for you aren't going to, aren't going to hit the levels that they are supposed to hit. Um, you know, if you have an expectation, it's not going to be met the way you want it. The only way it would do that is if you're clear and concise in your instructions up front. Uh, and you got to be overly explanatory when you when you give instructions. And mm -hmm. you can't just assume anything. Mm -hmm. Assume the worst, right? Mm -hmm. And over-explain. Until you get to the point of comfortability with your team, mm -hmm. right? Because there, there's a point now with some of, some of my employees, employees where I can just, you know, okay, they know what I'm saying. We've been along around each other enough. We develop enough rapport that we understand each other. Mm -hmm. um, but prior to that, you know, you, you have to be overly explanatory and overly communicative when you're delivering instructions and make sure, like, I, I like to hit, it's, it's basic, but I, I want to always hit my who, what, when, where, why, and how. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that's a, a elementary, you know, framework, um, but it works. Mm -hmm. and, and as long as you are hitting those wickets in your delivery, uh, then then you'll be fine. But you know, yeah, that, that communication piece is big because, uh, especially when you're managing employees, uh, because, you know, there, there's, there's verbal communication, but there's also nonverbal. And so you need to be able to read the body language of your people, mm. right? Because the, 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 non, the, the nonverbal language is going to be more telling than anything else. Mm. And so you got to see how they respond to things. You got to be able to observe the room and understand if you're pushing too hard or when to pull back or when to get more aggressive or, or, or when to crap the whip, you know, sometimes you just got to crap the whip just because just let them know I'm still here. I'm still present. Mm -hmm. um, and, and this, and, and understanding when to use those certain skill sets mm -hmm. is extremely important. But, but once again, none of the things we've described today happens overnight. Yeah. Right. These are things that get developed over time. Um, but once you go through those journeys of getting those experiences, then it will help you, you know, be more effective at it. So, you know, never shy away from those opportunities is what I say to everybody. Um, cause I like to look at, um, especially opportunities to make decisions. 
as as that that's like your mental gym you know that's for an entrepreneur that's like lifting weights you know your decision making you're giving instructions because the more you do that the stronger you get at it so mm-hmm. that, that that's that's like the the arena of my my mental gym i like to yeah. call it yeah. <laughs> give me more decisions i want more <laughs> so so now how does that communication piece switch over when you're when you are the entrepreneur or the the person with the idea Mm-hmm. That's looking at potentially having partners or is currently working with partners. How does that communication piece affect that relationship? Well, one, you got to make sure you choose the correct partner, mm. right? You you can't just go in business with someone because you have a friendship or there's a familial relationship. Um, that's actually you know, a, a big mistake, you know, being in a familiar relationship with your, with your business partners. But um, you have to first make the right choice there. Mm. Um, I've been in a partnership with my business partner, Andres, for since, you know, since 2017. Uh, and the reason why that's, that, that partnership works is because we're overly communicative about the things that are on our mind, the things that we feel. Um, if something's bothering me, we're not, I'm not afraid to let him know and vice mm-hmm. versa. And even, even, uh, cause you, you came in at least for that, from that partnership a little bit later in, in, in the mix. Yeah. Um, but we've we've been able to develop that relationship as well with, with your, yourself and myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so f- from a communication standpoint, you have to one, pick the correct partners that are going to be okay um, and not going to have too much of an ego um, where it's not so, yeah, you were, where you're not trying to be the one that is the face at all times. Anybody can be the face any given time. Yeah. You got to have people that want to cheer for your success, right? Or excited when you do something well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and if you are in partnerships like that, then communication becomes easy because at now, you know, there, there's no biases involved. There's no ego involved. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no, you know, no one feeling any animosity. Um, it, it's just, you know, like Andre always says, just, it, it just becomes a situation where the, where the best idea wins. Yeah. And whoever has that best idea at the moment, that's the one we rocking with. Um, mm-hmm. but I think communication pieces, you know, or become easier if you make the correct decisions on partnerships. Uh, and then at that point, it's just ensuring that at all times, if there's something bothering you or something on your mind, you're not afraid to express that. Damn. That's, that's, that's bars right there too. And I, I that's, that hits because you, I see a lot of people, I mean, I've had people reach out to their friends, family, like, Hey, look, I want to, you, or do you want to go into this? I'm like, no, because I, I know what their work ethic is like. And like, yeah. I don't, don't want to end up in a situation where it's just me doing the work. And then like, yeah. they're kind of just there collecting because a partnership is just that a partnership. And I think for instance, like for us, you know, me, you and trust, I think we do a very good job of, we all let each other do what we're good at doing. And it kind of, it's just very fluid. Um, right. Which I think helps goes back to what you said about ego. Nobody cares who is the, the man up front, all we care about is, is the mission complete? And I think yeah. that's a, that's a very, very big part of the mindset that you have to adopt. I think just in general, like it, when you're concerned about the glory, you're not really concerned about what's happening to get to the finish line. And right. I think, you know, being able to filter through that and really just have good people that, you know, both of y'all trust each other. Y'all both have shown that you have the work ethic, that you can do what it takes to, to get whatever needs done and people could depend on you. If there's something that a task that was supposed to get done, you're not going to show up tomorrow and be like, Oh bro, I forgot. Cause I, I, I logged on to, to call of duty with the boys last night. Like, you know, everybody understands that, yo, if I say I'm going to get this done, then it's going to get done. And if I have any yeah. issues, you're going to be aware of it immediately because we all understand. So um, one of the books I read when I first was like, after the compound effect was called the entrepreneur roller coaster. And one of the things he always talked about was big Mo. And uh, it, that's like short for momentum and mm. like momentum is, is huge, especially like, I think what we're doing now, like momentum, the only reason we're able to keep the momentum is because like, we're just, we're in sync. We're talking about what needs to happen, what's going on. And I think a lot of people allow themselves to lose momentum one through like that failure communication. But the next piece that causes them to lose momentum is the failure aspect. So um, kind of diving into a different process within business because if anybody i think that anybody that comes into business and expects everything to just work out yeah is highly misguided and i'm talking from a yeah. first-hand experience because when i first got into business i was like oh yeah you know next month i'm gonna be doing these numbers blah blah and then i got a a real dose of reality like whoa this is there's stuff that i didn't even know need to be accounted for when it comes to this so yeah. 
but a lot of people also, once they hit that roadblock or what they perceive as failure, now everything stops. And now they have to slowly build themselves back up to momentum again to still try to overcome that to get to the next hump. So when it comes to failure, like how, how have you learned to adapt to failure within business? And for someone who seems to be stifled or, or, or in a, in a holding pattern because of, because of their fear of failure, how do you, how would you recommend that they go about addressing that failure in order to push forward and keep that momentum rolling so that they can get to the point where they overcome wherever they are currently in business or in life? No, no, that's, that's a good point. Um, and that that failure is a big hindrance to probably a large percentage of people aspiring to even take a leap of faith. Um, is that fear of failure that a lot of people deal with? Um, so I'll start this answer by saying that failure once again is inescapable when you're doing business. There's mm -hmm. going to be opportunities that come up where you don't meet your goals, where you, you don't achieve what you're supposed to achieve. You actually essentially fail. Mm -hmm. But the important thing is have the correct mindset about the failure, right? Mm -hmm. So for, for, for myself and how we all operate, failure doesn't really exist. It's not really a thing. Yeah. There's no such thing as failure because every aspect of failure is an opportunity for a lesson learned. Mm -hmm. If I can pull out the lessons learned from that, from the, whatever just took place, then essentially that was a learning opportunity. It wasn't a failure because mm -hmm. now guess what I know? I know what not to do in the future. Mm -hmm. Right. And so one of the big things that, that we say uh, all the time when, when we're, me and Andre are talking about business is, you know, we learn everything in blood, mm. you learn it in blood. Right. And, and a lot of our greatest achievements have came from learning first and failing in blood and then saying, OK, now I know what not to do. Mm -hmm. And that is the catalyst to go off and go do the things that are, are correct. Mm. But if we haven't had that, that, that experience, that failure, um, then we wouldn't you know, understand how to make the correct decisions now. Mm -hmm. um, so failure is definitely a part of, uh, of the business journey. Mm -hmm. uh, it should be expected uh, and it should really be desired um, because if everything goes correct at all times, you're not battle tested. You mm -hmm. don't understand. So you don't understand what, what you would do and what you're made of. Cause that's really how you can define who you are as a person is your response and failure. And that ties mm -hmm. back to decision-making because if you can turn a bad situation into a good, into a good situation, then essentially you're an effective entrepreneur because that's the basis and the bedrock of being an entrepreneur is being able to turn bad situations into good problem solving, uh, problem solving. And, and so if you don't even, so if you have never experienced it, then how do you know if you're battle tested or not? Um, and so, so I, I like, I'm not say I like failure, but I like what comes after failure, which is mm -hmm. proactive solutions. Now I'm completely, now I'm proactive. And so now I can avoid all those landmines at all times because I experienced what it felt like. Yeah. And also you can't even really, you know, experience real success until you understand what it means to fail. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You can't even really enjoy it. That's if you don't know what the other side looks like. Mm -hmm. Right. So all what I'm saying is like the failure is a part of it. So if you are on the fence or, you know, you have that fear of like, well, what if it doesn't work or, what if, what if I, you know, you know, I put this money in, I don't get it back. Um, understand that that's the part of the journey. Uh, and as long as you take the lesson learned from that and apply it to your business and give yourself credit for even making an attempt, because we're hard on ourselves. Mm -hmm. Even if you do a business launch it and it fails, you just did more than probably 90% of America mm. who will never bet the house on themselves, who will never have enough self-confidence to, to believe that they can achieve something more than what they already have. Yeah. And, and for, and for you being able to take that journey, you should be applauded just for that alone. And now once you understand and you're okay with that mindset, now it's just like, okay, let me apply the lessons I learned from this mm -hmm. and then recover. Mm. Cause that recovery is, 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 is going to happen, right? Just naturally, because yeah. if you're in the entrepreneurial space in general, you're someone of a, of, of a higher caliber. So you're, you're going to really be immune to the, to the negative effects of failure anyway. Mm -hmm. It's about getting over that hump. And remember on the other side of fear is, is, is freedom, or I'm gonna keep saying that <laughs> the other side of fear is, is freedom. And so that should be your, your, your guiding light right there. You know, if you just stick with it, eventually a success will, success will, will come. Um, because a big piece of success is also just persistence. If you're persistent at something long enough, eventually your desired outcome will be achieved. Mm.
So as far as, you know, we're talking about fear and overcoming fear and learning. Do you think that the people that you surround yourself with will define the way you react to failure? And what I mean by that is, mm. for instance, um, for me, right, there was a one time in my life where, you know, I hung around different people and like I was scared to fail because I was scared of what their reactions or thoughts would be from the failure. But now, you know, I spend most of my time, well, we spend about all our time together, just me, you, trust, and then like those who we bring within the circle. Right. And I feel like that this group that we've created ourselves, I don't think anyone has a fear of failure now because we all understand that it's a part of the journey, right? And, and they're not really losses, they're lessons. And the only, the only way you get to being tellers on here right now, telling people how to master their ideas is through a collection of those failures that you in turn, instead of you letting those failures stifle your growth or your progress, you took mm. those lessons and used them to build kind of a playbook for yourself that allows you not to, not to fail as often. And right. so the, I guess the question is how important do you think your circle or the group of people that you spend time with is to being able to assess and react to those failures? Yeah. I mean, extremely, I mean, we are, we are a sum total of the people that we hang around period. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you hang around people that aren't doing certain things, you're going to be the, like, if it's four people, then you're the fifth. Mm -hmm. uh, and so when it comes to like having that kind of support system, mm -hmm. right. Where you can lean on them, you know, if, if something bad happens and they can lean on you vice versa, that's the important piece because you have to pour in, to your, to your friendships and your relationships just as much as they pour into you. So long as you're in a situation where it's a reciprocal in nature, then you're fine. But if you're not, then that's when you, you know, set yourself up for, for troubles where, like you said, some of the situations you've been in where you've been afraid to acknowledge your failure or afraid to share certain things because, you know, it, it, may, it may not be met with the type of response that's required for you to get through it. Yeah. Um, so if you're not in this situation, you need to take stock of, of your friendship group right now. If you're mm -hmm. listening to this, take stock, stop and just think about five people that you spend your time around with the most and ask yourself if I brought a success that I've achieved and I told it to my group, will I be met with applause? Will I be met with, you know, why are you doing so much? Or why are you always thinking about X, Y, and Z? You know, why are you doing this or what that? Um, if, if, if it's the latter, if it's the opposite, you know, whereas people like that, then you need to remove yourselves from those situations immediately because mm. they're, they're, they're 1000% hindering your progress. Um, but if you look at your friend group right now, and it's a situation where, you know, you can be vulnerable and you can be emotional and it's okay. Cause you, cause you know, we're not going to, no one's going to chastise you or make you feel bad or wanting more out of life or opening up about the things that are making you feel bad or, or X, Y, and Z or all those things then that's the optimal situation. And if you don't have that right now, then you need to stop, take, you know, stock of where you are right now and reassess and then try to align yourself with those type of people. Uh, because that's the only way, you know, where you can get to this level right now is by having a strong base. Mm. Um, because everything that we do in life is going to be stronger if it's done in unison with a, with a group of people that are like-minded. Because now we can we can harness the collective energy from the from the entire group, right? Instead of just being isolated as one. Oof. I like that's the harnessing from the group is it's like one collective brain. Like, like we one said, like I, yeah, one, a mastermind. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think yeah. that hits on a on a on a good point because one of the things I speak about is I talk about me, me, you, and trust and how we do certain like a lot of the information I have, I didn't read the book, I didn't watch the video. I didn't read the article. I didn't talk to the person, but I think something that we do very well is anytime we on our own get information, the first thing we do is bring it back to the group and break it down. So we all have an understanding from it. And I think yeah. when it comes going to talk about what we're talking about with the education piece earlier is that the education piece is overwhelming because we tell ourselves that we have to physically put the time in every day to, to obtain retain and, and learn and implement the information when in reality, if you have people who all are pushing towards the same goals and have the same drive and are trying to do the same things in life as you, 
right. and y'all are constantly seeking and learning the same information. Now, all of you can go pull information from different places and bring it back to the group and discuss it. So you all can learn. So now let's say it's three of us. So now we learn three times the information at once because it's, we're all bringing it back to the group. Yeah, uh, that's that's a fact. That's that's a really good point. Um, and that and that goes back to what I was saying is like you have to pour in just as much as you get poured into in your relationships, especially mm-hmm. in your friendship groups. That way, you know, you're not be considered like, you know, a leech at that point. Mm-hmm. If you're not pouring that into the situation, you're not no value add. Then why are you here? Um, I think a good example of that is the member like you, the originally you asked about that work life balance. And mm-hmm. I was explaining to you in the beginning, you know, how you have to be committed to the journey. Mm-hmm. Now, in the beginning of my partnership with, with Andre, um, me having a family, right? I, my, although I'm putting in my, lots of time, my time is also still limited because mm-hmm. there's still some basic requirements that gotta occur. <laughs> but but him being a, you know a single guy at the time, um, he was able to engulf himself in tons and tons and tons of reading uh, articles like personal development, right? He could do much more than me just by virtue of being single and not having the responsibilities that came with what I have. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that I would appreciate him for that he always did very well. Um, I, I would say like the first two years was like having, you know, a, a personal monk at, with me at all times, <laughs> you know, cause it doesn't matter what, what information that he went and, and got, he made sure he came back and shared it. And I appreciated that because it was like, I had two years of reading and doing all the same things, even though I didn't have the same amount of time. Mm. right and so that pour in and pour out situation is important you know you can't just withhold information you got to be willing and okay with sharing it because mm-hmm. if you share it with the group the group gets stronger mm-hmm. right and the stronger the group is the faster and further you can go and so you got to be committed to that with that as well especially if with new information um but that's something i appreciate of our group right now is like we all got the time and we all pouring in mm-hmm. um, but that first two years especially you know that that was in-house monk like no matter what was going on, it's right there. He's he ready to explain. And it's like, I'm absorbing the same thing. And, and it just made, it just made us progress that much faster. So that, so that was a really good point, man. So before we, before we drop off of here today, cause you, you've been on here dropping gems. Once again, I'm gonna mention again, Hey, make sure y'all get this book before we get oh, yeah, out of definitely, here. Definitely. Definitely. It, 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 like I said, it'd be in the description for the show, but is there, is there anything that you would like to leave the listeners with for today? You know, I, you, so tells is like the king of, of zinger. So I'm always trying to, trying to steal a couple of zingers from him, but um, for the, for the listeners, because you know, you, you talked about such, such great things. And I know you can go so much deeper on these and we're part, definitely have to have more episodes where we kind of dive into different aspects of uh, this, probably just the book in general, but um, what is there anything that you would like to just drop on, on all of us before you get out of here today? Um, that's, that's a, that's a good question. I, I would say I would, I would circle it back and reinforce some points I already made. Okay. Um, right. So like I said earlier, the 20% of the things that you do well affect the 80%, right. Of, of, of all the outcomes that occur in your life. Um, so if you're on the verge of making that decision to go from your, you know, nine to five to being self-employed, uh, understand that that is a journey. But if you can identify the 20% of the things that you do very, very well, focus on that and make it a priority and, and, and make it a commitment. If you can't do it in front, just make it a commitment to over time to get rid of everything else and be okay with automating and delegating and systemizing your processes. Because I promise you, as you go forward and move up the ladder of the phases of business, it only gets better and it only gets easier. And remember the bigger that you get, the more freedom that you have. So don't be okay with taking on more responsibility and take opportunities to make decisions as your opportunities to, to, to lift weights for your mind. Cause the more you make decisions, the better you get over time. Um, and, and so you, you should never shy away from that. You should be excited, you know, and be just, you know, amped up to just make more decisions and, and be more decisive in your, in your, in your, throughout your life. Uh, cause that's how you get stronger as a person. Hey, tells, I, Really appreciate you coming on the show again today, bro. You you dropped a ton of gems, and I know everybody listening today definitely has some things that they can take back. Uh, and that's whether they, you know, are working the traditional career nine to five, which is which is great, 
um, because they have ways that they can go and really become a killer within their field. And for Absolutely. those that are looking at either taking the journey or already somewhere within the journey of entrepreneurship, I think they have a ton of things that they can take away and start working on as well. Um, so for those of people that may have some questions, what, how can they get in touch with you? Uh, yeah, you can, you can follow me on Instagram. It's uh tellers.j.pollard on Instagram. Um, Facebook is just same, same tellers Pollard. And then if you want to pick up the book, I know you said the link is going to be in the description, but it's masteringyourideas.com. That's where, the, that's where the book is available. Um, but yeah, hit me up on one of those platforms. Um, we, we, we help entrepreneurs, especially in the realm of systemizing, or if they're trying to get into the business aspect, we help people all the time. Uh, I take pride in, in being able to um, provide to others because that's really the, the true determinant determination of success is how much useful service do we run into the world? Mm. How much assist do we give to the world? And if, if I'm able to be a conduit for someone else's gains and someone else achieving their goals, I, I love it. And so I'm all for it. So try to get, find me on any one of those platforms and uh, I'll definitely uh, allocate the time for you. Hey, well, you know, wrapping it up, I want to, once again, appreciate you getting on here, bro. Uh, for the listeners, yeah. I want to thank you all for tuning in as always. We love to, you know, I love to appreciate it. Support, please, you know, like subscribe, comment to the video. Um, you know, my goal is to continue having this show. I mean, for I plan on being around for a minute, so y'all ain't got to worry about me going anywhere. But like Tell said earlier, like I really want this show to be a source of these conversations that people may not necessarily have the, the freedom or the, the utility to have within their own four walls or within their own home or within their own friend groups. Cause these conversations are important and the things that come out of them can really help some people make some lasting changes within their lives. And I know that, you know, I hear people complain a lot about things that they aren't able to have, like, you know, friend groups where they can sit down and have conversations like this to push themselves to think farther and do things. So um, one of the things that I like to, to do for myself and one of the things I like to hold myself to is if it, if it doesn't exist, I don't want to complain about it. I want to create the solution so that it can exist. So this is, this show is really my, my way of creating, you know, the conversations that everyone doesn't have the ability to create within their own homes. So, you know, with that being said, I, this show will never just be about, you know, budgeting and all of these things because it's so much more. And until you become the person that's worthy of achieving, you know, the goals and the numbers that you put onto the spreadsheets, we're going to continue to have the same problem. So it's important to recognize all these, these backend things first, because once you become, you know, the person that's worthy of achieving the success that you desire, then you're going to be ready to go. So with that being said, I appreciate you for, appreciate you for listening. Let's get in the smoke. Peace.